Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Roziel and my guest today is Riley Mickler. He's the marketing lead and senior customer success coach at From Now On. Riley used to be formerly of Blackboard and Edline where he cut his teeth in the technology, marketing, and customer success business. He's now with From Now On where they help teams and they help colleges and potentially high schools on how to engage their fans better through a mobile application. So it was really cool to to talk to Riley about his story, how he got into the business, and what he's been up to now with it. So please enjoy this episode with Riley McClure. Today, my special guest on the For the Love of Sports podcast, I have Riley McClure. McClure. Is it French? Uh, Irish, actually. Mm. How do you say it in Irish? Uh, I'm not that gotcha. Irish. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> totally kidding. I'm sorry. Marketing lead and senior customer success coach at From Now On and formerly of Blackboard and Edline. Riley, appreciate you hanging out with me today, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. The pleasure is all mine. I'll talk some more. You can go take another sip of water. We got all this down. I'm very excited to have you on the show. Uh, you know, good friend of uh, both of ours, Amy Sheridan. If you haven't listened to her podcast, make sure to go back and listen to that. Uh, was able to put us in contact and love what you're doing. I'm really excited to get to talk about education technology, sports technology, fan engagement, all these cool things. But the first question, you've heard a couple of these episodes, so you know what it is. Why do you love sports so much? Yeah, I, I, uh, I studied up on this one. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, you know, so for me, I think it has to come down to like the big moments and like the little moments that just get ingrained in your mind forever. So, you know, seeing that player step up and hit that buzzer beater to win the game or miss that buzzer beater and, you know, you see like the heartbreak. So I, I think sports do this uh, weird thing where they put, the full spectrum of human emotion on display. And there's just something that's so powerful and endearing and exciting about that, you know, that especially, you know, from the perspective of a fan. Um, And I think that's kind of why I've gravitated towards college sports um, more so than, than even pro sports, especially as I've gotten older is like, there's no other forum, um, you know, in the sports world really where, you see these, these players, uh, these athletes not being paid, you know, they're there, you know, on scholarship playing for the love of the game, um, you know, do these amazing things. And, you know, they're there for a couple of years and then they're gone. And, you know, I was thinking about it a little bit this last weekend, I watched the uh, University of Nebraska did like a, a simulation, semi-simulation of their uh, spring game. And so all the players were, famous, uh, notable Nebraska players throughout history, um, you know, going back to the beginning of the program. And so, you know, you'll see all these names. They're like, oh, I remember that guy. And I would say probably half the players, you know, didn't go on to, you know, what you or I might call a, a notable NFL mm-hmm. career, you know, not, no knock to them or anything. Um, but you, you remember them and like they were the stars and they were stars because, you know, maybe they were a 
somewhat average player or slightly above average player, but they did amazing things while they were there. And, you know, you know, you grew to love them for that. So just, you know, the, the moments that you see players kind of rise above themselves, step up to the moment to make the big shot or, um, you know, the, the, those teams that really shouldn't have gotten as far as they, they, they did, but, you know, kind of have that underdog quality to them. I think those are the, 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 those are the things about sports. That's why I love sports. I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, those, those memories, those, you know, stills essentially, you know, or those uh, like two or three seconds are, are, there's a couple of them and you hit on it, you know, the underdog quality, you know, the Plaxico Burris catching a touchdown in the Super Bowl to beat the Patriots. I can't forget it, even if mm-hmm. I wanted to, and I don't, of course, but you know, it's just one of those things where I, I completely agree. There's just something about those specific moments and those games and the emotion that surrounds them that you don't really ever, you don't really get that feeling anywhere else, right? Like this is, this is an actual reality TV show where people don't, it's not scripted. We don't know the ending and, or how it's going to play out. And sometimes it's great for you. Sometimes it isn't, but the more you watch, you know, personally, the more I watch, the more I love it. So I think it's, it's absolutely fantastic. So let's talk about you a little bit more. I know, as I said in the beginning, you know, education, technology, sports technology, you started in the education technology world with Edline. Um, what was it about education that drew you in? And I know, if I'm not mistaken, you kind of wanted to be a teacher for a second, and then we kind of stepped back from there. So if you want to tell a little bit about yourself and, and you know, what is it about education that you really love? Yeah, I, I feel like my, my career has been uh, somewhat full of these um, left turns that seemed like left turns, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait, that actually kind of made sense. Um, so, you know, when I was in, in college, I, I majored in English and history um, and I really fell in love with the research, the writing, the analysis, uh, finding those sort of undiscovered themes or undiscovered stories, digging those up out of history uh, it was, it was kind of what drew me to that. Uh, little did I know that's also, you know, what I would kind of come to love about sports as well. Um, and, you know, was looking for what I was going to do after college. And I, I growing up, um, I'll, I'll take a little detour here. So, so growing up, I was a diehard Chicago Bulls fans. Uh, I'm sure many of us that grew up in the 90s were. Um, but they were, they were really my first love. And I remember reading, like, the Michael Jordan biography. Uh, it was from University of Chicago Press. And I was like, I, I got to live in Chicago. I got to go to that university. Well, fast forward a few years later, I, I didn't quite get into the University of Chicago, a uh, li- little bit lower uh, on the education sa- scale, but I still had that desire to, to uh, live in the big city and, and to kind of live on my own and, and to experience the, the sports world that is the city of Chicago. So uh, I just kind of put my mind to it that I was going to find a way to get there and, uh, you know, so I, as I was getting ready to graduate college, I started applying to grad schools because I figured, hey, that's, that gives me something to do. And then I can figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And as I uh, you know, started progressing in kind of my, my English and, and history majors, um, thought, well, hey, I could go teach. I could go write. Um, somebody will pay me to do that. Um, got into a grad school in, in, in Chicago and you know, quickly sort of realized that gosh, I'm not so sure that I, I want to be in academia. Um, some of it was, frankly, that I was young and, and maybe not ready for it. Um, some of it was, uh, you know, just 
being a little burned out from college and, and maybe need, not realizing that I needed more time off or that I, I needed to, to take a pause in my life. Um, in any case, I, I ultimately decided, you know, this isn't for me. I, I'm, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna progress to the end here and just kind of delay the inevitable. And so I started thinking about, well, what, what else can I do? Where else could I go? Um, started looking for jobs, uh, you know, spent a few months uh, seeing what's out there and ultimately found this kind of cool company um, called Edline. They did uh, uh, K through 12 uh, grade school uh, websites. Uh, they had a bit of a learning platform and then online grade books. Um, so I was like, well, that's kind of cool. I like technology. Um, I like education. I you know, have always just had, had a, a love for, for learning and growing and just acquiring knowledge. Um, so interviewed there, got, you know, and ended up getting a job there working in, uh, I think it was like our business operations department, which was um, about as boring as it sounds. Uh, <laughs> but we were, we were responsible for uh, not only like processing all like orders and contracts and accounts and, and uh, renewals and things like that. But uh, we also were the triaging the phone line. And so this was actually the most interesting and like memorable part of that experience was, um, so you had to go through this like pretty rigorous training, uh, all sorts of call scripts and, you know, how to direct calls different ways, but also like, you know, you had to pass a, a pretty uh, rigorous test uh, to get on the phones. Um, that was really all about your customer service. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was something that was really, really emphasized. And, and we had this office manager who had a, very high standard and it's like you'd you'd role play and you'd make one mistake and it's be like okay try again next week um but i just remember like i hated that part uh about the job it was just not not really my my style or what i thought mm -hmm. i was getting into uh, i thought i was gonna work at this you know sweet technology company and who knows what from there um and i spent you know the first four months figuring out you know how to provide great customer service on the phone uh, but, you know, looking back now, uh, that's uh, that idea of customer service and, and holding yourself and, you know, um, to a high standard, uh, providing your, your customers that high level of service, I think is something that uh, has really, really stuck with me from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's, yeah, as, as you were, as you were saying that, you know, how much you didn't maybe love it. I looked down, I read again, senior customer success coach. So I guess, I don't know if the joke's on you or if the joke's on your old company, how we want to say it, but I just think it's really cool, you know, kind of, as you said, there was a lot of left turns and they all turned out to be correct. I don't want to say right. That's a little too cheesy, but uh, you know, it, it seems like you're able to utilize them and, and not just say, all right, well, we'll be here for a little bit, but you know, as you said, you know, kind of get in and figure out what what works. And as you said, you know, you kind of want to work at a cool technology company that was doing stuff. And now you're kind of just, as you said, in, in business ops doing some stuff, um, you know, it is what it is. And then, right. so uh, how long were you uh, at Edline for? So funny enough, I, so I was at Edline for about a year, um, 10 months, some, something like that. And uh, little did I know that, uh, you know, they were kind of in the process of getting acquired or, or merged with, um, a much bigger uh, educational technology giant in uh, Blackboard. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was kind of an interesting, you know, experience to go through uh, kind of the first acquisition. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty that, that comes with uh, events like that. Um, ultimately ended up being really positive for me and, and gave me some opportunities to 
um, to move on in my career, kind of from that, that business ops uh, mm-hmm. focus role into more of a marketing role. And so during that transition, I mean, I've never personally been through something like that. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have and a lot of people out there that haven't. What was it like for you? As you said, there was some uncertainty. What's that stress like? What's that, you know, you have, do you have a family at this point in time? Is this something that's really like starting to weigh down understanding that, Hey, like, this is cool. I really like this company, but I'm really going to hate them if they let me go. Yeah. I think in that, in that particular situation, it was, uh, I was still uh, very young. Uh, uh, I was like mid twenties. Um, didn't, didn't have a family, didn't have any prospects <laughs> at, at, at that time. Um, it, so it, it was more exciting than anything else, especially, you know, coming right out of, you know, being not too far removed from college. Um, you know, we used Blackboard in college. So I like, it was mm-hmm. a name brand. And uh, I do you remember you guys yeah, are in Rutgers. Was, I remember using it there. So yeah, so it was kind of a, like a ubiquitous name in higher ed. Um, I, you know, so I was excited to figure out, well, I'm at this company that's very K-12 focused. How are we going to fit in? Um, there were some, you know, questions around that. Um, but yeah, it was at that point in time in that situation, it was more exciting for me personally. I'm sure there were others going through that process. Um, no doubt that, you know, the, mm-hmm. we're going through a level of stress or, or you know, more uncertainty than maybe I was. Um, so, yeah. And Chicago, you're still in Chicago at this point in time, right? Still in Chicago. Yep. And yep. what was, tell me about the Derek Rose years because man, they were so good for so, man, so they were, just such a short period of time. It sucks. They were so good and they gave me so much hope. You know, we had those few years before with like, uh, you know, Ben Gordon and, and mm-hmm. uh, some of those guys, uh, Andres Nocioni. That's, I don't know random oh. name that popped into my yeah, head. We're, yeah. going, uh, we're going deep in the back <laughs> we're going, today, we're going right. deep on the roster uh anyways we had those kind of like uh semi-successful years when i was in college that i was like okay we're, we're kind of building something here and i remember uh you know when we drafted Derek rose i was like this is it like we're back um jocko noah um Luol dang uh just an awesome awesome teams and um so it was really exciting. I went to a bunch of Bulls games, you know, during that period of time, uh, during the MVP years uh, for, for Derrick Rose. And, uh, you know, we just never, just, you know, good example of, um, you know, you can't, uh, bad luck is going to follow you wherever you mm-hmm. go. Um, you guys got to figure out how you're going to weather it. I think, unfortunately for those teams, they had the combination of some, some bad luck with injuries and, uh, you know, LeBron James uh, getting, mm-hmm. over, getting over that hump. Yeah, there's a few teams that have had the bad luck of LeBron James being on the other right. side. And the reason I bring that up is because, you know, you went to Chicago because you liked, you love Michael Jordan and what, what he meant. And, you know, the last dance is airing. I'm assuming you watched the first couple episodes oh, yeah. at least. Uh, by the time this episode probably gets um, released, we'll already be a few more episodes in. But, I mean, how cool is it kind of being able to, you know, living there for a period of time, like, well, relatively after, you know, 10, 12 years, 15 years after, everything that went down with Michael Jordan and now being able to kind of look back on that time, look back on your time and kind of see it almost play out, um, you know, in front of literally the entire nation because there's nothing else that's going on right now. Yeah. It's uh, you know, I was sitting there Sunday night um, as we were watching it. And I think for, for me, uh, the thoughts that were running through my head uh, were more like nostalgia for mm-hmm. childhood than probably anything else. Cause like, even when I lived in Chicago, uh, it was far enough removed and the team, the level of yeah. success the teams have had were, were far enough removed that it felt like it, like an era away. Looking back now, I'm like, well, that wasn't really that long after, you know, 97 to 2008, you know, it's, it's 
11, 12 years. Um, but yeah, so for me watching it, uh, just so incredibly cool. Those were like all Scotty Pippen was my favorite player growing up. And, and, you know, so that whole team, uh, you know, they were, they were my idols and it, it's just, it's so cool now to see kind of behind the scenes, this footage that, you know, nobody's really seen for mm-hmm. 20 plus years. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And I just had to bring that up because I remembered, hey, we all just watched that the other day. I'm sure I'm sure you enjoyed it a little bit. And so oh, yeah. then let, let's hop back to your career for a second. Sorry about that. Um, you know, still being in Chicago now, now, you know, the, the takeover merger acquisition, whatever the heck we want to call it, you're at Blackboard. As you said, you this kind of gave you the opportunity to get out of that business ops role a little bit more to that marketing and, and customer success side. What what was that transition like within this new company? Like, did, was that a difficult one? Was that something that was kind of welcomed from your end? Or like, how did you kind of even go about having those conversations? Yeah, it, it, was, it was definitely welcomed. Um, and, you know, I was just fortunate that uh, an internal opportunity kind of presented itself. And I was approached to see, um, I was approached to see if I was interested, but I mm-hmm. was, it wasn't like handed. It, it, there was also kind of a process of seeing if I was going to be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, some different projects that that I had the opportunity to work on, um, and what you know what's funny. So we at that point had what was called like vertical marketing, which was really kind of all of our demand gen and lead gen activities, mm-hmm. and then product marketing, which was um, you know really everything that was about uh, creating messaging around our products and creating uh, you know sales supporting collateral and case studies and 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 things like that. Um, and I didn't know what either one was uh, when I the approach. I was like, okay, so I'll figure out what this, uh, it was a product marketing role is what it was. And so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll fake it till you make it and, and kind of figure this out as I go. And, uh, but it, it was great. You know, I'd had the opportunity to, to be on the phone with customers and to work um, with some of the, the schools and school districts, you know, prior to that. And so when I had to pick up the phone um, to, call a, a, a client and interview them about a, a, a case study or, or something like that. Um, not only did I have some of that customer su- service experience and phone experience to, to fall back on, but I had also, uh, while I was in grad school and in and, and undergrad, um, I had, funny enough, taken some oral history courses. And so I'd actually had education in interviewing and doing some of that type of uh, thing that, that actually I uh, was able to benefit from as well. And so it's been funny to observe kind of where skill tra- where the transferable mm-hmm. skills have come from, from, from other parts of my life. As you said before, you know, you had all these weird turns and, and twists along the way, and now you're able to draw upon them when you need them. Um, and I guess I have to ask, how, how am I doing in terms of being an interviewer? <laughs> you're doing you're doing fantastic man riley thanks so if much you, pa- you passed the class <laughs> let your teachers know maybe i'm gonna go back for my master's soon um so with that you're you're hanging out for lack of a better term in chicago enjoying yourself you're working at blackboard education technology what exactly was blackboard doing that put them so far ahead you know as you said it's relatively ubiquitous in higher education as i said at Rutgers, i was at Rutgers 12 and 13, 13, 14, whatever it was. And it was, you know, pretty much every single one of my classes, all of my friends, like that was the only thing that we used. What was it that Blackboard did to make sure that they put themselves that far much far ahead? What did you do at Blackboard to market the heck out of the product? 
Yeah, uh, all, all really good questions. And, and I'll, um, I might approach this diplomatically. Um, nice. You know, they, Blackboard at the time that I got involved had the benefit of, um, you know, once you're, they actually, um, as part of that acquisition that I was a part of, were undergoing a process of going from a public traded, publicly traded company to a private organization. Um, and uh, at the, so at that point, they were already very big. And um, sometimes that, that's of help. So they were able to grow a lot of their business just by virtue of being one of the biggest names in the market. Uh, that never hurt. You didn't, nobody said who's Blackboard, you know, when you, when you called them. Um, from, you know, from like a, a sales perspective. Um, now, what we had the challenge of at post acquisition um, and, you know, through the process of, you know, probably a, a couple of different reorgs and things like that, um, we eventually sort of rebranded and combined with other parts of, that already existed at Blackboard to become their K-12 focused um, market presence, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, business unit. Um, and so, but Blackboard in K-12 at that time um, wasn't necessarily huge. They had indiv individual point products um, that, that were very popular. They had a, a mass notification tool that I think is in use in still tens of thousands of schools today. Um, and, uh, you know, but we weren't a household name in, uh, in the K through 12 market. And so, uh, but we were more known by these different point product names. Uh, and so what the, the strategy at that point became, how do we get the flagship mm -hmm. name Blackboard, you know, more well-known, more well-respected? And how do we bring these disparate technologies together? We had a, uh, a website product, a mass notification product, a, a, uh, a brand new mobile app product that we actually built and sold as part of this um, uh, there's gosh, there, there's probably more products yeah. to that, that that I'm not even uh, recalling at, at this point in time. Um, we want really the product marketer against that. Don't worry. <laughs> right. Um, so, anyways, uh, you know, we really went from this point product strategy to more of like a solution um, focused strategy mm -hmm. uh, to bring these integrated products to market and to to kind of rebrand them and rebrand ourselves uh, in in the K through 12 market. And I would say we were, you know, moderately successful with it. I, I would say when I left, um, which was like 20, 2015 ish, um, we had been uh, in the process of doing that for three, three, two, three, four years at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think it, it was going well, you know, it's always a challenge when, so you, if you're at a, a large company and you've got these various technologies that weren't necessarily designed mm -hmm. to work together, or weren't necessarily designed um, uh, by that one company, you know, then you're trying to integrate them and bring them together. It doesn't always feel like it's an integrated seamless sort of experience. And so I think we had some, and you're also the, this big company that, you know, it can be hard to change direction quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we had some of those sort of internal challenges, but I would say on the, on the whole, um, you know, it, it was pretty successful. And I think when I left, we were in like, over 20,000 some schools at the K through 12 level. Wow. Um, you know, I think one in three students in the country use a Blackboard product at that point uh, at the K through 12 level. So, um, which was, you know, something I was su super proud of. And, you know, I think we can all get behind, you know, powering education and especially mm -hmm. during this time period where all of a sudden now everybody's uh, involved in distance learning and remote learning and all, all these things that, 
I think were buzzwords for us back in like, you know, 2014. I'm like, oh, wow. Like I've been talking about this stuff for a long time. If we're, we're now all of a sudden everybody in the country knows what I mean. You know, when it it comes to virtual learning. It's crazy. When I first started using zoom, no one knew what the heck zoom was. Now people are asking me, Oh, do you just want to send me the zoom link or just send me the meeting ID? It's like, Oh, everybody already knows. So it actually makes my life a heck of a lot easier. It's like a verb now. I was joking with my friends the other day. Like we don't say, Oh, Hey, do you guys want to do a video call? It's like, Hey, are we going to zoom tonight? Yep. Love it. Crazy. It's so much easier for me. I don't have to worry about anything now. Um, and I guess with that, and the reason I asked that question was to really understand, again, you know, moving forward in your career and what you're doing now, as you said, you left in 2015, you're now with from now on. That one might be a mouthful. Um, you've been able to, you know, utilize what you've learned in your past in many different facets and, and bring it forward. So now I want to talk a little bit about, I know you, you left Chicago, moved to Nebraska, started working remote. And then that's kind of when you were able, that's when from now on came knocking and said, Hey, we have this really cool idea. We have this really cool product. You know, the technology business, you know, the education business. Now let's just turn your your sports hat back on and see what you can do there. So if you don't mind telling us a little bit about how the, um, from now on, man, that's, that's difficult. I'm sorry. (laughs) Again, you tell us a little bit about how you got your current position. There we go. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, there came a, p- a point in time where I I'd gotten married. Uh, we'd had our first kid. We were still living in Chicago. Both my wife and I are originally from um, Nebraska, and uh, you know, just we were both fortunate fortunate enough to have companies that um, supported remote work. And so we kind of just came to a point where we said, you know, let's just go back. We've got a kid. It'll be way easier to live back there with a support system, family, you know, that kind of stuff around. Um, And we both can just keep doing what we're doing. So it was really a beautiful opportunity. Um, You know, fast forward. So we, we did that, or I did that for about nine months, six to nine months and um, got introduced uh, through a mutual family friend to Sue Thaden, um, the CEO of uh, From Now On, uh, which was just really in its infancy at that point. And um, the, this, friend of ours. Uh, it was actually my uncle. I, it's kind of funny to say mutual friend. Uh-huh. Um, you know, he, he's like, they're doing really cool stuff. I think you should go, you should go talk to her. And so Sue's other company is called Client Resources Inc. And I remember going on their website in 2015 and Client Resources Inc. is like a, a IT staffing and mm-hmm. custom solutions development firm. And so I'd go there to the website and I'd be like, uh, go to my uncle. I'd say, I don't think you know what I do. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a developer. I'm not in IT. I talk about technology. Uh, I don't necessarily create technology. Um, I can use technology. Uh, so, but the, you know, then I, we, we finally got introduced and we'll come to find out she was starting this new company um, from now on uh, that it was actually spinning off um, from the Client Resources Inc. Innovation Lab. Uh, and uh, what that team had developed was a mobile app platform um, designed to uh, engage fans um, at sports venues um, and, you know, through push notifications, live stats, schedules, kind of all the stuff a sports fan needs to stay connected, stay involved. And then they also had this really, um, really awesome promotional functionality that provided a lot of in-venue engagement and interaction and monetization opportunity. And so when I saw that, and at the time I, I was one of the lead product marketers on some of Blackboard's um, mobile products. And uh, so I, I saw that and I was like, wow, like, that's so cool. I can think of all these ways that like, 
you know, how would I go market and sell that? Who would I sell that to? How do I figure out who the competitors are? Um, and we just kind of, you know, hit it off and it, it was something that just really appealed to me. Uh, being a sports fan, um, you know, I, I probably have more credibility as a sports fan than I do, you know, in the education world, mm-hmm. not being a, you know, a teacher by, by trade or, or training or anything like that. Um, so, you know, an, an offer came uh, eventually after, you know, getting to know each other over a period of time. And, um, you know, I joined the team. And at that time, our team was super small, uh, just probably half a dozen people. And I joined actually not initially in a marketing role, but in a uh, customer success role or com- what we call it is our customer success coaches, uh, mm-hmm. kind of adopting some of the, the sports world language. Um, and that role was really designed to be the face day-to-day face-to-face with clients, uh, customers, help them maximize adoption of the platform, uh, get the platform implemented, and then just kind of be there as a, you know, a support resource. Uh, so kind of combining some functions of like account management, support, mm-hmm. um, and like subject matter expert. Um, and so the idea was that, hey, you know, there may be, we're maybe not a big enough company that we need to have a dedicated marketing staff right now, but we have this need. You have some of the, st- the skills that can fit that role, and then maybe you can grow into a different role or, or build a team behind you or something like that. And so, you know, at the time, as I was looking at my career, I just saw it as this awesome opportunity to learn on the job and to kind of become a little bit more well-rounded um, uh, through the opportunity of working mm-hmm. in, a, in a client-facing role. Yeah, and I think it's just a really cool position and, and a really interesting transition because you went from working with schools, working with K-12, through a little bit of college, obviously, at least with Blackboard, mm-hmm. we know what college is about, or know what they're about with college, and now you're kind of doing something similar but now you're just focusing it on the sports aspect of these schools rather than the education aspect and as you said maybe a little more credibility uh as a sports fan than as a as a teacher but we appreciate you either way and helping shape our youth so thank you for that but i mean what was it what were those first few months like kind of leaving this well-known gigantic company and essentially going to a startup just because of the passion you have with sports and the opportunities that you saw you know, it was at once, uh, and I'll be, yeah, super candid here. Uh, I, it was at once both super exciting, you know, it had this very startup vibe to it. Now we had the benefit of uh, being, uh, sharing resources with this larger company. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we had a little bit maybe more security um, than you might find in a, a typical startup or an average startup. Um, but so it was once kind of exciting because you kind of had that vibe of, you know, you're really building something, but it was also, you know, it was kind of scary because, um, you know, I was probably the only outside of our CEO, I was kind of our only non-technical staff mm-hmm. person at, at that point for a, a period of time. You know, we added some sales um, shortly thereafter and, and I think a, a couple other roles. Um, but yeah, you know, so at first, you know, you go from, I was on a, a, a 10 to 20 person marketing focused team at Blackboard would, that was essentially part of a, a much bigger marketing uh, organization uh, across the entire company um, to be in a team of one and, and, you know, feeling like you're on an Island a little bit. So, you know, it was, yeah, it, there, there was an element of, uh, you know, fear to it of you're kind of every day asking yourself, do I really know what I'm doing? Um, do I, am I confident enough in, in what I'm doing that I can 
I can show up and have credibility. Um, so yeah, there, there was a lot of, a lot of that at, at the outset, but you know, it was, it was also the excitement and, and the passion for the product, I think, um, outweighed that. And I also got to work with some really innovative people um, on the athletic department side. Um, I got to do some really cool things like sit up in the, the press box for hockey games or, or basketball games mm-hmm. for, for our, our first school. And, um, you know, just some of that's just, hey, making sure the, the, the product's going to work, but also you're, you're learning through that whole experience. I'd never been on, as a fan, I'd never been on that side of the table at a, a live event. And so you just start to realize all these things about what actually happens on game day, who's making it happen on game day, what are their challenges, um, what are the you know, opportunities you're, you're seeing there. Um, so I, I think that that experience you know, you know, in that first six months or so was, was just incredibly valuable. Um, especially as we began to add new clients, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I had this, you know, really direct experience that I could, I could really fall back on. That's awesome, man. And yeah, if you get to spend a little bit of time, you know, at a pretty cool college football game, you know, big 10, maybe could be worse places to be, right. Yeah. Could be worse places to be. So you are learning on the job, of course, hopefully you expensed all of it and it's well-deserved um, of course, but <laughs> I was, with- yeah, I think I was walking across the street to the hockey stadium. That was the hockey venue that was across the street of the also school cool. we were working with yeah still but it was still cool. super cool yeah. exactly yeah still also you know and yeah. hopefully you've gotten to the point now where you are working with the huskers and you are able to do those types of things but yeah. i mean it so so tell us a little bit about so the product essentially it's a it's the back end correct to an application and then that allows the people that the teams and the schools that you work with to essentially create the front end to do all the marketing and all the promotion that they need for the school and for the game so tell us a little bit about exactly how it works and and how you go about finding clients that you think fit the the profile to to utilize the the program and the application yeah so the the product is called FanX, um and we kind of refer refer to it as like a mobile engagement platform and it's actually front end and back end so it's a totally branded mobile app um that that our team builds um for the athletic department then we sort of deploy on their behalf and then they have access to this administrative backend system to, um, you know, launch whatever content or notifications, sponsor promotion opportunities, um, all the all those kinds of things. And then you know we've got a series of of integrations that are helping power some of the data, uh, things like schedules and that and that kind of thing, uh, streaming. Um, and then our team, um, our team of customer success coaches is, is working with the schools to make sure that you know, hey, when it's game day and there's 20,000 Arkansas fans all plugging into that, that uh, radio broadcast uh, that the, you know, the stream's not going to drop and all the right information is going to be there at the right time. Um, so, you know, we're kind of a, a second pair of eyes for them sometimes, but um, yeah, so uh, we really work hand in hand with the athletic department uh, in that case. Uh, and through our uh, implementation process, our coaches will actually, sort of design what the look and feel of the app is going to be in partnership. Um, Mm -hmm. We, we try to, you know, our kind of service approach is that we hope you like the product, but we want you to love you, uh, love us at the table. And so, you know, we will take on some of the heavy listing, especially um, for our, you know, our smaller schools who maybe don't have as many um, actual staff resources. We'll actually take on some of the creative and the design and and some of those pieces in consultation Mm -hmm. with the client. 
Yeah, I think it's just, it's, you know, I've heard of other companies that do something similar, but I love the way you guys are going about it. Kind of, you know, taking a, you know, you're holding their hand and walking them across the street to that hockey stadium, right? You're able to yeah. really go in and, and, and really just help them. And, and because you've been doing this for a while now, I think what you said, 2015 is when you left, um, you know, Blackboard. So now you've been doing this for five years almost at this point. Now you you've seen what has worked and what hasn't worked. How do you, how much do you draw again, just drawing back on your experiences, how much do you go back and think, okay, this, this works for division three schools a little bit better than division one schools, or do you go in and say, okay, this worked really great for division one school. Now let's try it for a division three school. How much like testing, I guess, has to be done real time to make sure that you know how, what things work and how they work where. Yeah, I think, so the way I would probably answer the, that question from, from my chair as kind of a marketer mm -hmm. and, and product person is I, I think some of that def depends on like the, the personas that you're working with in the individual athletic department. And then also just kind of building that market knowledge over time. So it's less of a, a technical testing type issue and more of understanding, you know, when we're working with a, a division three school, what's their, What's the, what does their staff look like? What roles do they have on their staff? What equipment do they have? Are they already broadcasting games? Um, uh, do they have a team of interns? Um, are they selling the sponsors? All that kind of thing. And then how does that compare to a Division II school or Division I school? And then, you know, even within Division I, there's a lot of stratification of um, different types of schools with different, um, mm -hmm. you know, levels of resources. Yeah. Um, so that, I think that's kind of a, how we look at it. And that's honestly, like, we learn, we learn something new almost every season. Um, like, every football season, we were, learn something new. Every basketball season, we learn something new. And, you know, credit to our, our clients and the people that we have the opportunity to work with day in and day out. You know, they've been vocal, and they'll make requests, and they'll give us feedback. And, and we really are all ears when it comes to that. that that's so that sort of feedback cycle has probably been the thing that's helped us gain a lot of that market knowledge and, and mm -hmm. stay informed and, and keep the product um, in line with um, what their needs are and what their challenges are. Listen to your customers. They know what's going on. Yes, you are boots on the ground in some capacity, but there are a lot of boots all over the ground. And, you know, it's very important to get that feedback and understand. Plus, if you can give them what they're looking for, they're probably going to be happier. I don't think it's, it's not like rocket science or anything. Right, right. Um, so as long as you're doing what they want, right? Well, yeah. And you, you definitely have to filter it. You know, you're going to get requests. I mean, we get dozens of requests a season um, for, hey, we work with this vendor, can you integrate that? And so then we'll have a conversation. Okay, what, is it, what do they do? What are you trying to do? Is that really valuable? Um, so you definitely have to filter the feedback that you're mm -hmm. getting in some way through a, 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 like we have a better picture because we work with so many different clients. Like I would say generally, we have a good vision of what the market is or where we want the product to go what's going to be valuable for, you know, the, the, the greatest number um, and what's going to be valuable, like what are fans actually using? And so you're going to get a lot of requests. You're going to get a lot of feedback. Um, but what I think I've been really proud of our product team for doing is putting in those lenses for how we're going to not only seek that uh, feedback out, but how we're going to process the feedback mm -hmm. how we're going to filter it. And so those, that's really what's, uh, I guess, empowered us to, to keep the product moving forward. Um, not just, I guess, the listening piece. Mm -hmm.
Yeah, uh, that, that's a great point. Not everyone's going to have a good idea, right? Um, we appreciate their feedback, but that does not mean that it's all good feedback. It's well, and, and some feedback. Of, even some of the there's even some great ideas that are just like, you know, we you know we have a, a development team and we have um, you know there's only so many hours in a mm-hmm. day and yeah you know even the best idea you know if it only works for you know, six schools, or if it's not something that we think we can sell, you know, or market outside of college athletics, um, or outside of, you know, the power five or something, then it might still be a really good idea, but we may not be the best people to Mm -hmm. execute it. That makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. As you said, you know, you're, there are different tiers in division one, and then you're dealing with division three as well. Uh, So there's a, a very wide range of clients that you can work with. And with that, like what, what are the successes when you go to schools to pitch them on this application? Like what have you been able to see from all of these different clients? I mean, you don't have to give me examples for, for each one, but what have you been able to see and, and how have you seen that engagement actually turn into more dollars or seen that engagement turn into more engagement or more access or actual happiness out of the students? Yeah, definitely. So we, um, I think, the, yeah, the, the, the story I guess I would tell is about a year and a half ago, two years ago, give or take, um, we were getting a lot of feedback uh, around uh, loyalty and rewards programs. Mm-hmm. And I, the concept of uh, a mobile rewards program is something, frankly, we've been talking about since I showed up in 2015. It, the idea precedes my time. Um, but, you know, there were providers out there in the market that were dedicated to to providing that service to providing uh, what were typically student rewards programs. Um, and when we looked at what uh, some of the other platforms out there were doing, we, we found a lot of mixed messages. Uh, we found a lot of sort of mixed results. We would talk to clients who had had experience working with them and they would say, well, you know, um, we, we bought this thing and we expected it to incentivize students to, to show up to the game, but we never saw our attendance go up um, in, in that kind of thing. And so, mm-hmm. but we kept hearing the request for it. We need a way to engage students. We need a way to engage fans. Um, we need a way to kind of make showing up to the game interactive in some way. And so we, you know, after probably three or four months of doing research in uh, 2017, 2018, we actually ended up building our own, uh, we call it the FanX Rewards platform. Uh, it's really just um, an add-on su- uh, suite of features and mm-hmm. functionality to our, our core flagship platform. Um, and, you know, saw great success with that uh, almost right off the bat. I think our first year, 30 or 40% of our clients, uh, our college clients added it on. Um, and we were seeing um, just great increases in the usage of those schools mobile apps once they added uh, the rewards platform on. I think, uh, you know, I'm pr- I'll probably butcher, butcher the stats, but we were seeing like 60 and 70% um, improvements in their active users, uh, you know, sessions on game day, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. So all, all the sort of the, the analytics that we look at to measure the, the health of uh, mm-hmm. an app's usage. Um, and so I, I would say like, that's a great example of, you know, we looked at the market, we took some feedback, we filtered it because it wasn't, we didn't just go jump and do it, but we actually spent some time to do a little research, um, and to understand what people liked and didn't like. And, 
And what we ultimately found out, and I think what led us to actually develop the, the, the feature was um, we felt like the, it was a, a situation of uh, expectations not being set properly. And so schools were buying this product with the idea that um, their attendance was going to go up. And, mm -hmm. and the reality is there's just no smoking gun that, that's going to improve student or fan attendance. And so once we were able to put that aside and understand the other ways that loyalty and rewards can benefit an athletics program, um, you know, by creating a new engagement opportunities, creating new sponsor opportunities, things like that. Then the the feature set became like like no brainer um, mm -hmm. and made a lot of sense for us to move forward with, and we've seen you know we saw a lot of wins with it almost right away. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, obviously, expectations are very important when it does come to sales and when it does come to you know clients and and the products that you've been able to um, acquire. Because yeah, if they if they think something's gonna happen whether you tell them it's going to happen or not, especially if you don't tell them and they just assume mm -hmm. and they're angry at you and they're like, well, why didn't it work? It's like, wait, it's working great. Like, what are you talking about? So I think it's awesome that you guys, you know, as you said, we didn't just, you didn't just jump. You did a lot of research and you understood what exactly would help and how it would help. And now you're able to implement properly a plan that's able to do that. So I think that's awesome. That's a great story. So I really do appreciate you sharing us with that. And with, with just sports tech in general, how much more fun is sports tech than education tech? Just from your standpoint, of course. <laughs> um, they're fun in different ways. I, I know. Mean, I'm I think, just kidding, of course. Yeah, that's a dangerous question. Um, <laughs> it's fun. I so the you know the, you just uh, the gratification that you get from each is is a little different. I think with education, you know, you're solving, you're helping to solve uh, real world problems, real mm -hmm. world challenges. Um, you know. There's all sorts of uh, applications for like the communications technology, um, you know, that, that we did when I was at Blackboard. Uh, it's funny now I'm a parent, I've got a kid in school and, and I'm like, every time I get a text message or a, a push notification or an email, I'm like, I wonder what product they're using. Yeah. Um, but so I, I, I'm on the other side of it now and I can, I really feel grateful to, you know, uh, the companies that, that put their investment and time into making that experience better for me as a parent or for, you know, for my, uh, my kid as well. Mm -hmm. From the sports side of it, it's, it's just, sports are just fun. And so, you know, I used to just be a fan of a couple teams and now I get to be the fan of like 80 plus teams. And what's cool, if you, if you ever are uh, able to make it to Omaha, we'll give you a tour of our office. And um, some of my coworkers make fun of me. They, they say like our office is kind of like my, my, what I wish my bedroom was like. So we've just got fat heads everywhere of every school awesome. that we've worked with. Uh, and it's really kind of become a little bit of a, like a team tradition that we've, we've adopted uh, or we've created um, because we do want like everybody on our team to, to feel like we are fans of, of, of our clients. And so, you know, I'm a Nebraska fan and, but we also work with Ohio state. And so, you know, when I hear that they're just blowing, you know, mobile ticketing out of the water, like I get really excited about that. Like mm -hmm. that's awesome. We're helping them achieve, you know, some of their goals. Um, so yeah, I think they're they're gratifying in sort of different ways, um, but yeah, both equally exciting. And there's some awesome, really some awesome work and innovation that that's happening in the sports tech world. Um, you know, I think the period that we're in right now, where there's no uh, no games on, I think we're mm -hmm. just going to see crazy developments that that we ultimately point back to right now when there was this big pause. Uh, that, that we see come out of this. 
crossing my fingers. And hopefully one of them is this podcast that you came on with this one guy who was really nice and asked a lot of great <laughs> questions. So maybe, maybe we'll get lucky there. And I know Absolutely. you've been pointing out, <laughs> if I ever do make it to Omaha, I would like a hamburger. I would like some corn, maybe a steak. And then, yes, I'd love the opportunity to, uh, to tour your offices. So if I ever drive back across the country, I'll make sure to, to stop and give you a holler. But with, with working with so many college programs, is there any opportunity for you guys to jump into like the pro space or, or move this type of application elsewhere? Or is it, are you guys really rooted? I mean, how many colleges are just in division one or whatever? I mean, like, so I'm sure that you're fine, but just out of curiosity, is that a space that you guys are potentially looking to get into? Yeah, we talk about it all the time. There actually was a, I think a, a 2019 uh, end of 2019 goal of ours was to, to, get a little bit more serious about what other markets are, are out there for us. Um, we've looked at everything from pro sports to youth sports to high school sports. Um, you know, frankly, we'd love to have a great presence in all of them. Um, we, we have probably spent the most time looking at the high school market. Mm-hmm. And we think that there's a, a really uh, potentially really big opportunity there um, to uh, be kind of that community platform, that community mobile platform, um, you know, and, and frankly, uh, you know, the, the barriers of working with high schools are maybe uh, a little bit different to, to, um, to work on than, mm-hmm. you know, some of the barriers of working in the pro space and the market's a lot bigger. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not, we would, we're not saying no to anything by any means, but um, where we've kind of looked and said, what's our best fit going to be? We, we do work with a couple minor league teams. Um, so we, we think that there's cool. a use case and we, we think that, you know, we do a, a, a great job if we were in that market, but um, you know, there, there's some big players already there and we're not, we're not necessarily, you know, spending the time and money to go uh, knock those doors down. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of uh, in the process of evaluating right now uh, where we go next. And um, right now high school is, is probably, uh, one area that we're looking at pretty bullishly. And that makes sense. I mean, working in pro sports, we can literally count how many pro sports teams are in the country. You have the big four, you know, we'll throw the MLS in there. And then after that, it's like, okay, uh, what else? I mean, we have some, you know, uh, you know, the WNBA and some female leagues as well, which are coming up and we're all grateful for that. But, you know, it, the high school opportunity is clearly way bigger. I mean, you just go to the state of Texas and sure. I think you guys will be extremely successful. So, um, and with that, I, I, I mean, I just had to bring this point up. If there is an opportunity for you to go from Blackboard, which was predominantly college, to then you working on the K through 12, to then move over to this country, predominantly lurking on college, to then potentially work K through 12. I mean, that's that's some full circle stuff that you're really not going to find anywhere in movies or anything. <laughs> It'd be a good narrative. Really cool. It would definitely. And you would have this, like, again, drawing on, you know, past um, you know, past experiences that you've had to be able to do something like that moving forward. Again, that's, that's been a big narrative throughout this entire conversation as well, which again, I think would be, man, full circle, full time, time is flat, man. The time is flat. Um, <laughs> so with that, and also uh, working with pro sports, I think while it would be really cool, it's more of a vanity, I think at that point, right? Again, because there are so few of them, essentially, especially compared, it would be just like something you guys could shout and talk about but it's more of kind of like an egotistical play. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. So 100%, like if I'm being honest, you know, I'm a huge bears fan, a huge bulls fan. Uh, you know, I'm a big soccer fan as well. Yeah. I would do, I, I would love of to course, put, that, right? put that fat head up or put that logo up on our, our wall or our website. But if I'm kind of in my 
product owner shoes or my marketing shoes, you know, working on behalf of from now on, I, we want to grow. And, and that's, we've, from the very outset, we've said we are here to grow this company and we want to be the sports platform, the digital marketing platform in sports. And, and so, you know, we're going to, we're going to find whatever that path is, whether it's high school or something else. Um, uh, and we're going to find it and figure out how we can own it. I love it. And so what are some of your, well, we kind of just talked about it a little bit, but what are some of your personal um, and work future accomplishments that you're really looking to kind of take down over the next few years or, or few months? Future accomplishments? Yeah. Like some of the goals that you have set for yourself that you want to, you know, you're kind of looking to cross off the list a little bit. Great, great question. Um, so, you know, I, professionally, you know, I think, We've got a few partnerships with, that are that are in um, the queue right now. I'd love to get those uh, signed, sealed, delivered, and launched uh, here in 2020. So that's that's kind of more of a a short term. But you know, I'd also have to kind of go back to what I, I said a moment ago. You know, we we don't want to just be like the college sports app platform mm-hmm. or the college sports app guys. You know, we re- really want to be the digital marketing platform, and we really see kind of the, the, the mobile app um, as the center of the experience. And we think that there's so many things that that, that touches or can touch, whether it's streaming or ticketing or, um, you know, uh, concessions, mm-hmm. uh, promotions, sponsorship, video board, you name it. Um, they all can tie back there. And uh, I think there's just a huge opportunity for us to, to really pursue that. Um, We've, we've already knocked a few of those things off, off the list in terms of features we've built or features, you know, or companies we've integrated with. But I, I think the, the next step is for us to really take that next step up when it comes to, you know, just owning the, the college market and then, you know, opening up one or two or five, you know, other, other markets uh, in, in the sports world. I love it. Good stuff, man. This was a blast. Riley McClure. I can't say your last name. Can you say it? McClure? Oh, no, I did say. Okay, McClure. Yeah, All right, yeah, Riley McClure, uh, marketing lead and senior customer success coach at From Now On. Really appreciate your time today, man. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Riley McClure. As I said, super interesting on how he got into what he's doing and how he's doing it and what he's looking to do to crush it. Please make sure to follow Riley on all of his socials. Everything is in the show notes. Please make sure to give us a five-star review wherever the heck you're listening, but especially if it's on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of, so I appreciate you giving me some of yours, and I hope you make it a wonderful day.